Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, coming to you from River Road Studios. Today's show is sponsored by Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free integrated health clinic in Springfield, Oregon. You can find us on the web at occupy-medical.org. And just remember, we are 501c3 organization. We help with integrated health and we are a free clinic and we're full of love. So make sure you write out those donations and we will send you a tax receipt. Uh, get healthy now with Candace. Get healthy now with Candace, connecting people with plants to transform lives. As the old year wraps up and the new year, new year starts off, I bet you y'all are looking to get your health care goals met this year, right? Sure, I am. I would love to work with you. I am accepting new clients. If you'd like to learn more, contact me through gethealthynowwithcandace.com. And Hunter Creation, if you're looking to get your business cards or brochures or posters, banners printed, Hunter Creation can help you save a lot of money, and they usually beat Vista Print. So if you're looking for good printing prices, contact HunterCreation.com. That's all you new herbal businesses, too, over this next year. You're going to need printing. Mm-hmm. Yep, you'll need That's printing. That's for sure. And Vista Print. It's not necessarily your friend. No, no they they uh, did a really great job of selling my uh, email from oh. lots of places. Great. I did not appreciate that. No, bad, bad. Right. Y'all didn't do that for me, though. So that's but, why we're using Let Hunter y'all. Creation do it. They'll mm-hmm. do it right. All right. Sue Sierra Lupe. Sierra Lupe Herbals Consulting is my personal herbal consulting business, and my specialty is working with existing diagnosis and medication, although I have patients that come in that don't have um, existing uh, medication, and I help supplement whatever the things are that you've got going in your life to achieve a healthier lifestyle. Uh, you can reach me at Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting at gmail.com. Yes. And remember, Sue's really, really good at connecting and talking with doctors and speaking their language. So if you're concerned about the herbs that you want to use, and you want to make sure that the doctor respects that, Sue will be your person. That's right. I speak doc. <laughs> All right. Ace High Heat Graphics. If you're looking for custom and printed shirts or hats, they've got you covered. If you're looking for a great way to fundraise for your organizations, they can offer you a one-color white shirt at $5.25, which allows you to turn around and sell for a whole lot more. So if you have any fundraising needs, contact acehighheatgraphics.com or sales at acehighheatgraphics.com. Oh, and don't forget that you will also be supporting youth because that's actually a youth-owned business. That's right. It is. It is a youth-owned business. Uh, Herbal Nerd Society, guys. The Herbal Nerd Society is my favorite group of folks. Yes, they are fabulous. <laughs> they are wonderful. <laughs> yeah. The Herbal Nerd Society is our collective society mm-hmm. for Teaching and sharing great information on herbs. Mm -hmm. They support us by paying a small monthly membership fee, and we support them in their herbal studies by creating and writing on different herbs each month. Yep. We focus on one herb a month, which we've said over and over again, that's the best way to learn herbs. Just take one and focus on it and make it your friend. And for those of you who've tried that and then say, oh my God, so I got to know these five herbs really well, but I really don't know how to formulate with them. We write articles every month on on formulation for working with the specific herb that we're working with. Mm -hmm. And once you get to know it really well, here's some ideas for how to formulate with it. Yep. Using it energetically, um, 
we'll pick one of the chemical constituents and talk about that one. And then you find when we're talking about another herb, it'll have a similar chemical in it. And then you're interlacing your knowledge through the months so that you understand how these herbs work with our bodies even better. It's pretty fun. And just a a basic introduction that Candice specializes in Mm -hmm. every time is nice so that you're not lost in this herbal herbal world you you have a, a helping hand along the way and we'll the in that introduction we usually source videos that are beyond the practical herbalist so you mm-hmm. kind of get an idea of some other potential herbal teachers that might be good ones to look at yep. and a thought on whether or not this might be an herb you can grow mm-hmm. that's right other be- other benefits are access to all of the past podcasts that you can stream from your iPhone or phone or your computer, and also a typically an advertising-free um, re- readability on the on the uh, on the website. Yep. Yep. I had a whole different sentence to say there, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, ad-free viewing. There yes, you go, ad-free viewing. Yeah. So uh, for forty nine ninety nine a month or four ninety nine no forty nine ninety nine for the year. Yeah, that makes and more sense. Four dollars ninety nine cents a month. You can become a member and support the Back to Elder Bust and Realism Radio. Yeah. All right. So, on with the show. Amidst the hustle and bustle of life, it can be too easy to lose our balance. And worse, to find ourselves feeling cranky, snippy, impatient, and a word, moody. Happily, herbalists have a ton of tools for helping us regain our balance and our sanity. Today, we're talking to one of the herbal community's experts on balancing moods naturally. Master herbalist, classical homeopath, mom of seven, and lactation consultant, Sarah Hanna Silverstein, author of Mootopia, or Finding Balance. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susie Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Susie Lupe. And welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Welcome back, Sarah Hanna. It's so great to be back, ladies. I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> we are very, very glad to have you back. In fact, because I was cranky this morning with the family, I'm really happy to have you back. Aww, <laughs> you were cranky. I've been cranky all week, but you know what? what? I got smart and I looked into Moodtopia and found a little balance. Oh, really? Yeah. What'd you do? Yeah, I took the Tulsi. Oh, yeah, right on. I love Tulsi. Holy basil. That's that's what how Robin of Batman and Robin called it. But it is it is an awesome, awesome herb. It smells good, it's easy to grow, and it it'll calm you the heck down. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just want to say that being cranky is normal. Yes. Women, men, everybody goes through such a gamut of emotions. And one of the things I wish is that children were taught in elementary school and mm. junior high and high school and college that being moody is normal. Um, our emotions are all over the place. And as long as they don't get in the way of our success or get in the way of our relationships with other people, 
then moods have a positive side too. So, you know, if you're really, really frustrated, um, it means that something has to change. And if you didn't feel that bug of frustration, it wouldn't give you that impetus to make that change. Now, you mentioned that you were a little cranky this morning, and it could just be that you're sleep deprived and need a little more food and exercise. (laughs) So even that's that's a way to, you know, analyze what's going on. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so crabby this morning. So of course you can always blame your husband and your neighbors <laughs> and everybody else. But usually if you're in a balanced state and your neighbor does something rude or nasty, it usually doesn't affect you so much. Right. But if you're sleep deprived and not eating or sleeping, then you're going to be more affected by it. Yeah. So, and, yeah. I mean, it's it's about a whole life balance, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. And that's and you know, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that you know, bad things happen to good people, mm-hmm. and the question is, how can we be in control? Like, for instance, if you are going on a date with your husband and you haven't been out with him for weeks, you've both been working, you have a bunch of kids, you can't find a babysitter, and you all of a sudden just get in this horrible mood. Well, you need to have some tools and some some skills to be able to, you know, go in the room by yourself, you know, maybe do some deep breathing. And of course, I would suggest take some herbs and ask, is this mood appropriate for right now? And if the answer is no, you need to know that you have the ability to change the moods now. I'm not saying deny your moods. Like if you're really angry at somebody, there's something you need to say to them. There's something you need to do. But on the other side, you've got to make sure that it's the right time to show that anger. And that's something that can be taught. And that's something that's not taught in our schools. And that's what my hope is in people reading my book, Moodtopia, is that they're going to get a lot of skills besides herbs and home, herbs and aromatherapy, but a lot of ideas in being a master of your moods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I love about the way that you describe the moods, like as you're going through the different herbs, you're, you do a wonderful job of not just saying, oh, this one's for anxiety and depression and whatever. You really give a beautiful picture of how that looks. And each herb has its own personality. And yes. then as you move through the book, it's not just herbs. I mean, it's it's all the various different approaches that you can take. You know, how it looks when you're not breathing well, you know? Right. What is what does that do to you? And how can you reverse that? And what are some good practices? So you know? I, I'm glad that you brought up the uh, about the herbs and the little stories and examples that I gave. So, you know, everybody that wants to start to include herbs in their lives, especially to help control their moods, um, needs to go to, you know, herbalists that know what they're talking about and herbalists will make a blend. But a lot of people can't afford to go to herbalists or they may not have herbalists in their area. And I wanted my book to be an introduction um, two herbs, and I wanted them to understand the personality of the herbs. And that's why I gave the little stories around them. I wanted to also um, mention um, another impetus that I had for writing this book is, um, as we speak today, the statistics are that one out of five Americans 
are taking psychotropic drugs. And the studies go on to show that usually the psychotropic drugs are prescribed by a GP, a general practitioner, who with insurance limitations is spending about six to 10 minutes with the patient and prescribing. And because the doctors are prescribing them so casually, um, the studies again are showing that people are not doing follow-up with the medications that they're taking. And sometimes it's a year to a year and a half before they talk to their GP about the medicine. So what I wanted to share with you is that psychotropic drugs have their place and a lot of people are going to benefit from them and they can be lifesavers. But this is how I look at it. There's like a group of people that like their disposition from birth is that they're just happy and happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. and pleasant. Okay, that's a small percentage. Yeah. Then on the other end of the spectrum, we have people that really have bipolar, schizophrenia, and they need these meds. But then there's this whole huge population, in my opinion, that are not being approached. They don't have any tools. And that's the, the group of people that I really wanted this book for. So if we go back to the medications and the doctors prescribing them, what we're finding is that they're prescribing medications for normal sadness, normal yeah. stress, normal insomnia. And the person like walks out and goes, whoa, I didn't realize I was bad off enough that I need meds. And so they start taking them. Whereas If you are familiar and you get to learn about herbs, you will learn that there are certain herbs, like if you're traveling or you're going through a family crisis, there are a lot of herbs that can help relax your body and help you sleep. And, you know, maybe in extreme cases, you need a sleeping pill, but there's herbs like kava kava and California poppy, lemon balm that can help calm the system down. And what I find when I work with clients is that first of all, I, 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 I applaud them for their moodiness and I applaud them for their, their range of moods that they have. And I tell them how great they are. And then we start to discuss the moods that are getting in the way of their success or bothering them. And then we talk about herb choices and aromatherapy that's available to help them feel more in control. My tagline is learn to be in control of your moods so they don't control you. And herbs just shine in this area. This population of people, this untouched population of people, that's where herbs shine. And I want to say one more thing that I love talk therapy, and I'm not going to say a word against people going to therapists. But what I've seen after 26 years of working is that talk therapy, which is beneficial, does not change the chemical reactions that you're having in your body. So you can have people that say, you know, I've been in therapy for 20 years. What do you think? Well, I love my therapist, but nothing's changed. Maybe I get a little (laughs) bit along better with my husband a little bit or my kids, but they're still having that agitation, that pre-panic attack. They're still feeling butterflies in their stomach. They still have insomnia. And along with talk therapy, when my clients incorporate herbs in their lives, they feel better. Their chemicals change in their body. Their chemical reactions change and they start to feel better. And that's what my book, Mootopia, is all about. Yeah. It's, I mean, I love it. I love the fact that you, you give so many different you open so many doors so Thank that you. 
anybody. I mean, I, I kind of wish that I had had this book, honestly, about 15 years ago when my son was still a very little one. I mean, I remember standing in the grocery store one day, and we are fortunate in that where where we are living, there's a lot of alternative medicines available in the grocery store. And I was standing there staring at the homeopathy wall. <laughs> I mean, because it's a wall of all those little itty-bitty vials. You know, vials that look like lipstick containers. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, a tubes. wall of those tubes. And I was, I was in a ferociously angry mood. I was really, you know, I just had had it. And it wasn't that there was anything going on. It was just, I was stressed out and my son's next to me and he's looking up at me and trying to, you know, get me to go get him a lollipop or whatever he wanted. I don't even know. And I'm looking at them thinking, my God, Five of these at least say that they're for anger and I have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, it was, it was overwhelming. But now you've got a better handle on it. And in mm-hmm. addition, because your son is a teenager, you will have ample time to practice the things you've learned in this book. Because <laughs> I'm willing to bet he's going to piss you off again. He will. He will. Many times. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> so when people have a couple different herb options, they can regulate themselves. And that really empowers people. If they wake up in that crabby mood and they feel agitated, an herb called Skullcap will help calm the system down and make you feel better. If you wake up in the morning, you just feel hormonal. Even if it's not around the time of your cycle, we all women know we can feel hormonal at the wrong times of the month. And you can take an herb called motherwort, which can just help balance those hormonal fluxes that you're having and you'll feel better. So when women have these options, they don't need to have a thousand or a hundred herbal choices. They can find three that resonate with them and they can use them interchangeably. They can mix them all in the same cup and they're going to feel more in control and more empowered. And they're going to feel like better moms, workers, co-workers, wives. They really will. Yeah, it, it makes a huge difference when you can at least take the edge off of it. So it gives you time, you know, someone says something and instead of having the reaction happen instantaneously, you at least get a breath, you know, you, yeah. you at least get a moment to decide if the reaction you're having is even appropriate. Because mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times, especially when you're a mom of very small children, your actions might not be thoroughly appropriate because you're a little overwhelmed. Right. You're moving a little too fast rather than giving yourself that stop yeah. time. Did, did I evaluate uh, this accurately? Yeah. Is there more information I need or is there a different choice that I can make at this point? What are my options? And you right. feel like your kids are running so fast. Your options are just like keep them from running in front of that car. That's all I got. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's really good advice. And I touch on it just briefly. I mean, of course, we all need to get more sleep. We all need mm-hmm. to eat better, drink more water, you know, exercise. Th- these are now a given. These are not even like new realizations anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, it could be two or three weeks where you haven't had enough sleep and you haven't been able to eat the salads that you wanted because reality works like that. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you could get a drop off offer in another city and you really have to explore it. And the next thing you know, you're on an airplane and your kids are at home and all of a sudden you're sleeping and you know, a new hotel room and you know things happen and so we can't always be that perfect patient and having herbs in your purse in your briefcase in your backpack 
that can help you acclimate to the situation is a wonderful tool to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I especially loved your section on essential oils. Mm. Because those are, I mean, it's so easy to carry those even on a plane. I was you know. just going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Great are, minds think alike, yeah. yes. Because <laughs> you just need a little bit of that, you know, quarter of an eighth, eighth of an ounce or something, you're good. Yeah. You, you can take a small amount, you can dilute it, you can put them in like in a necklace or use it as a perfume and... You know, it helps put it on the palms of your hand. You know, I use essential oils in a little bit of a different way. And, you know, um, some aromatherapists are going to say, oh, my gosh, that's Sarahan. It's not the way it works. But I'm going to tell you what I've observed over the years. So there are a lot of different essential oils because there are a lot of different plants in the world. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's hundreds and thousands. And, and so not everybody likes the same smell. So, you know, just because this one says it's relaxing, it could be irritating to you. So yeah. this is what I've seen in my practice. So we're going to use the, the herb lavender, which we all know helps induce sleep. But here's what I think. So if you have a child that has trouble going to sleep, like I was as a kid and, you know, a lot of my kids were. <laughs> and if every night, you know, around six, seven o'clock, you put a couple drops of lavender oil on their sleep shirt and you put a couple drops on their pillow and a couple drops in their bath, even if let's just forget and say that lavender doesn't even help you go to sleep for a moment, just the association that that subconscious mind is going to make with the lavender oil is going to help that melatonin kick in and help that child go to sleep. Meaning if every time you go to put, put that child to sleep, they smell lavender, they will start associating sleep with lavender. What we've learned is that, I'm so sorry, is the olfactory system has this incredible memory more than almost all our other senses. So when I'm in LA, I hike this canyon um, and I love it. And there's one part of this canyon that has this piney smell. And every time I walk by it, I remember being a ten, a, an eight-year-old girl in horse camp. Now, I haven't thought about horse camping, you know, <laughs> well over 30 years. And it just, it pops into my mind. So we know that smells make this association. So if you were having trouble sleeping and lavender wasn't your smell, mm. sandalwood wasn't your smell, um, you found like bergamot, which is not necessarily a sedative, but that's the smell that you resonate with. If you start inhaling that, oh, eight o'clock, let's say you want to get to bed by 11, inhale it again around 9, 30, 10, put a little on your pillow your body's going to make that association. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we can use essential oils to make those associations that we need for ourselves. Is that canyon you talked about, Topanga? Say that again? Is the canyon that you talked about, is that Topanga? Oh, I love Topanga. It's a little far. I go to, to Fryman Canyon oh, and okay. Ryman Canyon. There's so many canyons in LA and yep. Topanga's yep. top on the list. But so one of yeah. the things that I've seen with my clients with essential oils is like, they'll try it twice and it doesn't work. And they go, oh, that, that didn't make me happy. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Twice, like, really? A psychotropic <laughs> drug, it takes two to three weeks to get in the system. But yeah. like if every morning you wake up grumpy and you start inhaling grapefruit, 
or tangerine, which are these beautiful, uplifting smells. And you kind of, you know, say to yourself, I'm smelling this smell and it's going to help perk me up. Then after a month, it's going to do that. Yeah. And that's a wonderful way to use essential oils because I know they're very popular and it's great to burn them. And, you know, you can put them all around your house, but you've got to make, in my experience, an association with them that's going to then give a chemical reaction in your body. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I know I didn't think about why I do it, but as you were describing using essential oils for sleep, I thought about the rose hydrosol that I have by my bed. And the only place I really ever use it is when I'm stressed out and I'm getting ready to go to bed, I always spray it. And it yes. always reminds me of there's two different, both of my grandmothers liked roses. One of them had rose, she always sprayed some kind of rose something in her house. Mm -hmm probably glade spray. I have no idea what it was. <laughs> I was a child, but, but it was that old fashioned rose smell. And then my babsha grew roses and the bedroom that we were in, I could see the roses just a little bit through the windows. And so when I was going to bed, I would see the roses there. And then at my other grandmother's, I would smell them. So when I go to bed and I'm really stressed out, the rose hydrosol just very much relaxes me. And it always reminds me of both of those grandmothers, which They've both passed on now, but well, as I'm transitioning into sleep, it feels like this really just comfortable, safe space. That's exactly my point. Yes, that's yeah. exactly the point. So we can make those associations for our kids also, Yeah, you know, and, and we can do it for our husbands and we can do it for ourselves. So I am a big believer that it in, in um, essential oils, but I feel that People claim that they're a quick fix. I haven't seen them in my experience for it to be a quick, quick fix. I feel it's kind of slower and more integrative. And then I see that it really works, really works. When people get on airplanes, which you mentioned, they mm -hmm. don't have a great smell. You can put a couple drops on the tissue and you can inhale them and it can help calm you down if it's a, if it's a smell that that you resonate with. That's very important. You, more than reading what the bottle is supposed to do, mm -hmm. you need to feel intuitively if it resonates with you. Yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. In fact, I loved the section where you start talking, you talk in the book about reconnecting with your intuition and bringing that up as you're making your choices, listening to the intuitive self. Right. And I think it's very hard. You know, I give the example all the time when I'm speaking and teaching is like, you know, you, you, <laughs> how does intuition get killed? So you're, you're holding your daughter's hand and you're in New York and you walk outside and you say to your daughter, Oh my gosh, it's freezing. Put on your sweater. And the little girl looks up at you and goes, uh, she doesn't say it. She can't speak yet, but she's like, ma, I don't really feel cold. And you're like, besides it's, it's so cold. You need to button it up and put on your hood. And this little <laughs> girl going, oh my gosh, well, I didn't feel cold, but I guess my intuitive feeling was off. And, you know, also, you know, if you have a guest at your house and you know, your little son comes over and goes, oh, I hate Freddie. Don't invite him over again. And you're like, Freddie is our friend and he works with your dad and you have to be really nice to him. So we, we end up killing yeah. our kids' intuition, you know, and I joke like if your kid says, I intuitively want three ice cream cones, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, you're like, no, that is not your intuition. But to get back to your intuition takes work. 
It takes work because we live, most of us, a very fast life. You know, we really have a lot of self-doubt. So one of the things I wanted to say, and we're going to get back into intuition, is that if your stress level, and I'm going to make up a number, let's say your stress level is 300. And when you (laughs) get up to that 300, man, you're boiling. I mean, that's your high, high, I'm losing it point. So a lot of us, if we live at 250, it's so easy to get us up to that 300. And our goal or my goal with my clients in my book, Moontopia, is to get that stress level from a 300 down to a 150. So we're living at a 150. So bad things and difficult things can happen. And okay, we're going to fly up to 200, but then we know how to get back to 150. So what we're going to talk about now is working to learn to have our bodies resonate at a lower stress level, which is actually a chemical reaction. We really want to chemically lower our cortisol levels. And using your intuitive self, as I call it in the book, is going to lower your cortisol levels. Like if you feel that something's wrong and everyone's talking you out of it, you can get really stressed if you're insecure about your intuitiveness and your cortisol levels are going to rise. You're going to get that feeling in your stomach. So there's lots of ways to get into your intuitive self. and, And one of them is just to check in throughout the day. Do I like this smell? Do I like driving down this street? Do I like going to this gas station? Do I like buying my sandwich here? And, you know, if you don't really like going to that gas station and it's really close to you, but one four blocks away just has a nicer environment, then you need to make it a habit to go to the nicer place because that's going to make you feel better. So once you start to get intuitive, use confidence with your intuitiveness, your cortisol levels are going to naturally drop. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. It's it's like you're telling yourself, your inner self, that you trust yourself yes. and that you're going to take care of yourself. Yes. Which means you don't always have to be in a state of hypervigilance. Yes. It was it was interesting. I mentioned in the book Mootopia about, and this is a real story, there was a woman that had become a doctor and she was working at a clinic and she loved the work. She hadn't really decided yet where she was going to go in her medical career. Um, as she says, when you graduate from medical school, you're not necessarily sure what area of medicine you want to practice. And she loved the clinic and there was a new director that came in and she just she just felt that that there was something off with him. And everyone was, oh, my gosh, he's going to make us so much money, and he's so brilliant. And she made the bold choice to quit, even though she loved the job. And she tells the story that a couple months later, I mean, he was doing criminal activities, and the whole clinic um, closed down, and a lot of her colleagues' medical licenses were being questioned because of his behavior. And she said that she didn't know where she got that strong sense that she could rely on her intuitive self, but she was really happy and it saved her so much stress and it saved her so much anxiety. And that's what women and men need to start doing to feel less moody. Absolutely less moody. Yeah. Yeah. I think another point to bring out is that time changes and people have opportunities to change. This is why we're in the healing profession to begin with. I was thinking about, uh, patient that we had at our clinic when he first showed up a lot of 
behavioral concerns, shall we say. And mm -hmm. when I would see him show up, I'd just be, I'd shudder. Well, this guy again, but he's a patient, so we deal with him. And here it is five years later, and now he is a completely different person because he has opened himself up to a lot of healing and he worked really hard to make changes in his life. And now when I see him, I have a complete, oh, here comes that person again. I'm so glad. I can't wait to see what he's worked on in his life. So my feeling about him went from, ugh, because he was in a horrible space and he was yes. really hard to deal with. And he took a lot of staff to just get through <laughs> a basic appointment to becoming a complete joy and a point of pride in, you know, working with somebody who's made so much progress. And now my intuition about him, should I have met him today for the first time as opposed to before, has completely changed. And I feel like yeah. I have made the mistake in the past of uh, continuing with old information, mm -hmm. like updating that and always being willing to reevaluate has been instrumental in um, myself healing as well as allowing other people to heal themselves. That's a that's a great point. And I would bet if we spoke to this person, the person would say that it was hard work, but worth the work. And yeah. when I when I work with people like, as I've said before, if you want to be an expert engineer, it takes a lot of studying and a lot of making mistakes and a lot of learning new ways to do things. And to become an expert at anything takes work education, patience. And it's the same thing with moods. Now, I spend a lot of time because I'm a lactation consultant with babies, mm -hmm. newborn babies. And I see that some babies are nice and some babies are not nice. <laughs> and some babies are irritable and some babies are not irritable. And some babies are quick to anger and some are not quick to anger. And some really don't get habituated in a certain eating pattern and they don't want to change it. So we are born with a certain nature, a certain personality that's not really going to change too much, but we don't have to be victims to that. And we can learn new ways to um, be in control of our moods. And so throughout my book, Moodtopia, I give different ideas. Like we talk about, random acts of kindness, which you and I have, which we've discussed before, even if you're in a bad mood and not in a good mood, if you do a random acts of kindness for someone, what happens is your cortisol levels lower and oxytocin, which is the good hormone elevates and your blood pressure becomes more stable. Even smiling, you know, there was an amazing study I talk about in the book where they gave comics to groups of college students and um, the first group would have a pencil that they put perpendicular to the floor, which made the mouth smile. And the second group, they would put the pencil um, in straight in their mouth. I'm trying to think of what direction is that? So mm -hmm. then it, the mouth would be like in a frown, kind of puckering. And they gave them the same comics. And they found that when they were in a smile position, their mouth was in a fake smile position. They rated those comics more humorous than when they had a sad look on their face. So if you're having a 
bad day and you're struggling with your moods, of course, I want everybody to use herbs because they work so well. Mm-hmm. But also just randomly smiling at people, even if you're not in a good mood, will actually lower your cortisol levels. So, you know, we spoke before about talk therapy, which I love, but it doesn't necessarily make the physical changes, but smiling and doing random acts of kindness actually lower cortisol levels. And that's what I'm looking for with my clients because I want them vibrating at a lower nervous level so that little things don't get under their skin. So how easy is it to do random acts of kindness? It doesn't cost any money. How easy is it to smile at people? It doesn't cost any money. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah. This this has been just... I can't, I, I can't even wrap my head around some of the stuff that you've had in the book. And it's been a really great opportunity to sit here and talk about some of these details and kind of flesh them out a little bit more. So I, I truly appreciate you spending time talking to us. And so tell us how we can, people can get a hold of you. So you can purchase my book, Moodtopia, which goes step-by-step on all the herbs that are available to us. And they're inexpensive and easy to use and and generally safe, especially the ones I chose to talk about. You can get my book, Moodtopia, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's all over the internet. You can also, um, from my website, sarahana.com, that's S-A-R-A-C-H-A-N, a.com. Um, I have an email there. You can email me and I will get back to myself or my office staff. Um, I'm on Facebook. Just my name, Sarah Hanna is my professional page and Instagram and Twitter are very much available. And I'm finding that a lot of, um, potential future clients and friends are getting in touch with me via Instagram. So I'm kind of all over the place. My Instagram is Sarah Hanna with an S that's S-A-R-A-C-H-A-N-A-S. Well, thank you, Sarah, for being on our show. And as always, we remind our listeners to put an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.